0: let's try that again he is risen yes. amen I don't know about you but this is good news this morning and every morning that Jesus Christ did not stay in the grave he rose again to give you and I hope today I hope that you have felt welcome at Cyberscrew Church my name is Jose I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor and I want to welcome all of you into this Place. We are a group of imperfect people following the one and only perfect Savior, Jesus Christ. También les quiero dar la bienvenida a nuestros amigos que hablan español. Ya la y que se en casa. This is your home. We have an exciting thing planned every Easter. It's a little different. We're a little different, some think. And then other churches, we... Share real-life resurrection stories on Easter Sunday. That means that I got the week off. (laughs) It means that we get to celebrate what God is doing in the family of Cypress Creek Church. In just a moment, I will call up Bob Walker, who is in the Jackson Sunday community group, and Michelle Garcia, part of our Crosstalk student ministry, who leads her community group there, to share their resurrection story. See, God loves stories. There's a whole bunch of stories in this book, in the Bible. If you were to ask me, I would say that this is the ultimate story, not of people but of the perfect God. It starts on page one where God created you and me in his image to be image bearers of the creator, Yahweh. And he not only created us to glorify his name, but he created us to live in community with one another. But we decided to not trust God and go our own way. And so we see that there was this chasm in between creator and created. But God, full of rich and loving mercy, continue to pursue us. And that is what this book is about. God pursuing his creation and teaching us how much he loves you and me. It gets really good when Jesus, God sent his only son down to earth and he came He lived a perfect life. He showed us how to be truly human. And then he died unjustly on the cross to justify you and me and pay the price for our sins once and for all. But he didn't stay dead. When he was in the tomb, there was these two women that came and ran to the tomb and and they were looking for the body, but they didn't find a tomb. They found an empty tomb with no body, with two angels. In verse 6 of Luke 24, the angel said, he is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day day rise. That resurrection is what we celebrate here today, thousands of years later. Jesus is alive. He's alive in your story and in my story. And so I'm going to move aside and present to you these two amazing, real, authentic stories of resurrection. Help me welcome both Bob Walker and Michelle Garcia. Bob will come up, Michelle will come right after, and then we'll close.
1: So, uh, in honor of Easter, uh, some of us who are long in the tooth uh, remember a guy named Art Linkletter and a program that he had called Kids Say the Darndest Things. Remember that program? Well. He once had a kid on there, a young boy, and he said, "Uh, uh, what's your favorite Bible story? And the kid said, well, it's an Easter story, of course. He said, well, tell me the Easter story. He said, well, uh, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. They're throwing leaves down and, you know, he's riding across and and he gets arrested. And, you know, they have a big dinner. He gets arrested. Uh, They judge him. Uh, They They whip him, they crucify him, and then they put him in this cave and rolled a stone in front of it. And his parents are just thinking, oh man, awesome. And uh, he said, then what happened? He said, well, they they rolled the stone away, Jesus came out, he saw his shadow and we had six more weeks of cold weather. (laughs) Seriously, uh, good morning. Buenos dias. Pray with me, would you? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, Taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. If those words sound familiar, they should. The Serenity Prayer has been recited since 1933 as a prayer for anyone who may struggle with hurts, habits, or hang-ups. This long version is what is used with Celebrate Recovery and identifies Jesus as that higher power that we trust. So almost three years ago, we moved to Wimberley after owning a home here for nearly 10 years, and we attended Cypress Creek Church when we were in town. We were at our wits' end with the challenges of two sons and a daughter who all had issues. Perhaps even subscriptions at the time. What I've come to realize now is that the issues were more mine than theirs. So, a brief summary of my life. Uh, There was a book written in 1972 by author Lawrence called The Way We Were. You remember it? You may recall the movie with Robert Redford and Barbara Streisand. In it, Redford played a character named Hubble Gardner, and he seemed to have everything going for him. So in a journalism class, he wrote a short story, and he titled it, A Country Made of Ice Cream. He read the opening lines. In a way, it was like the country he grew up in. Everything came too easily but at least he knew it. I always thought I fit that mold growing up. I was a good kid, shy and quiet. I attended a good college, go frogs, frogs. Good college on scholarship. I met and married a terrific Christian girl. Next weekend we will celebrate our 45th anniversary. Thank you. That's a miracle in itself. We bought a little house in Fort Worth and had great friends. We went to a great Bible church where we learned a lot. And soon, I, uh, oh, and I, I went to work in broadcasting the day after I graduated. Um, soon I changed careers to the live event business as we started having our family. And my job became my mistress. Long hours, lots of travel and an obsession that resulted in accolades within my company, uh, within my industry, nationally, internationally, and frankly, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was seeing the world. I was meeting fascinating celebrities from politics and business, entertainment and sports. It was fun. But there was a dark side to this ice cream career of mine. That mistress of job and career allowed me to escape to weeks and months on the road, leaving my bride to deal with three challenging kids, each with issues. It wasn't pretty and it wasn't fair to her, but all I could see was the prize of recognition and praise for my work while she was suffering in silence. Fortunately, Jesus was at work in her life and gave her a new identity, In him, she took on a role in ministry and truly learned that her identity was in Christ, not in her kids. I, on the other hand, pressed on towards fame and fortune, only to end up with two sons who struggle with alcohol and a daughter with anger issues that regularly presented themselves from a distance. She, like me, escaped to the west coast, but it didn't help. She was still steeped in anger and struggled with it constantly. So, fast forward, two years ago, and my breakfast with a friend and mentor here at Cypress Creek Church. Some called him the mob boss. Where I spelled out our challenges, expecting some magic formula from a godly man I respected. He shared with me some of the challenges that his family had had. And we agreed that we were both on a journey. But as we parted in the parking lot of Wimberley Cafe, I asked him point blank, so, any suggestions? He replied, all I can tell you is to trust God and get out of his way. At the time I thought, well, okay, so, that's it. But as I began to explore how Jesus was working in my life and in the life of my family and through the lives of those I knew in Celebrate Recovery, I began to understand the meaning of my codependence and how that had made my life and the lives of my family a real challenge. We even coined a new term, codeparent, because we thought we could fix our adult children somehow. But needless to say, that was a futile effort on our part. Nothing we could do, no matter how much money, time, or effort we spent trying to get them to become what God intended, nothing seemed to work. So it was time to simply trust God and get out of his way. In December of 2020, four months ago, we made the decision to follow God's leading, and for once, I listened to my bride. We had told our eldest son, that if he wasn't working, paying bills, and being responsible, that he would not be able to continue to live in the house that we had purchased in Austin for him and his brother. Did I mention the whole co-parent thing? Yeah. So we moved him out. We changed the locks and he simply moved into his truck where he slept for the first four nights, which turned out to be the coldest nights in Austin in two years. I spoke with him the following day, and he seemed okay, cold, but okay. So I asked him what he was planning to do. Naturally, he had no idea. And the next night, same temperatures, still sleeping in his truck. That's when a friend of ours who knew our struggles and had been praying for us for years called and suggested a program that the Salvation Army provides. Residents work for their room and board and are required to attend church services. Alcoholics Anonymous, CA, celebrate recovery meetings during the week. Um, And I called and they had three beds. That was a miracle since uh, I had called before and there was a waiting list. But COVID and government stimulus checks had opened up space and I suggested it to Chris. Lo and behold, he was interested. He made the decision to try. We made the trip three times to the Salvation Army. It took that many times to get him in, but that was the beginning of an incredible journey for him, for me, and for our family. God was on the move with each of us in a very special way, and he had something miraculous planned. Fast forward four months, of this six-month program, Chris is now participating in the Bridges of Life program, something one of our community group partners, Joe Wilson, introduced us to. He's also volunteering on Sunday mornings in their church service, leading his own Bible study group at Salvation Army, and serving on the Captain's Club of Salvation Army, and leading men in their first step study with Celebrate Recovery. That's only part of the transformation God's making for all of us. Our youngest, Chris's brother, is maturing and beginning to see the light to address his own issues with alcohol. And his sister, Well, she moved out of Portland, thankfully, <laughs> to find some real peace and joy in Ohio. Her anger seems to be under control for the first time in a long time. Real miracles, to say the least. For Karen and I, are feeling blessed to see transformation in their lives and our own. As we were discussing this, and I mentioned the changes I've seen in our children, she made it clear that she's also seen changes in me. And to see how two-plus decades of prayer is bringing about changed lives in our children and in us, one day at a time, one moment at a time, And to think it all began with simply trusting God and getting out of His way. Thank you.
2: (laughs) Buenos dias, iglesia. Good morning, church. My name is Michelle. My name's Michelle and crecí en el valle. I was born and raised in the valley and I hope y'all stay with me as I go for Spanish. To... Um, crecí en una familia bastante rota. Mi papá ha sido tomador desde que tengo memoria, lo que trae sus propios problemas y mi mamá es ilegal, lo que también trae sus propios problemas. Soy la única niña y la mayor de tres, por lo cual mucha responsabilidad siempre ha sobrecaído en mí. I grew up in a pretty broken family. My dad has been a drinker for as long as I can remember. I um, so that has brought about its own share of problems, and my mom is illegal, so that also has its own share of problems. I am the only girl and the oldest of three, which brings about a lot of responsibility that just, like, falls on my shoulders. Al crecer, fui la mediadora, traductora, y todo entre medio. Uno de los recuerdos más antiguos que tengo es el de esconderme detrás de una pared mientras veía a mis papás pelear. Y en ese momento... Recuerdo haber agarrado a mis dos hermanitos y me los llevé a mi cuarto, lejos de los gritos porque sentía la necesidad de protegerlos. Growing up, I was the mediator, the translator, the fixer, and everything in between. One of the oldest memories I have is hiding behind a wall as I watched my parents fighting, and I remember grabbing both my little brothers and taking them to the room and away from the screaming because I felt this need to protect them. Así que sí, crecí en un ambiente muy tóxico, inestable. Desde que nos mudamos de la casa de mi papá, el constante ir y venir, Hasta que finalmente regresamos a vivir con él en el 2016, después de que tuvo dos ataques cardíacos. Y bueno, pues como soy la mayor, mis papás siempre han dependido mucho en mí. Así que crecí pensando que si yo tenía mi vida en orden, les podría ayudar a poner sus vidas, sus vidas en orden también. So yeah, I grew up in a pretty toxic environment, from moving out of my dad's house to the constant back and forth, and eventually moving back in with my dad in 2016 after he had two heart attacks. And because I am the oldest, my parents rely on me for a lot, so I always thought that if I had it together, and I was this perfect child to them, I would help them get it together as well. Debido a esto, aprendí de, desde muy temprana edad que ser la hija perfecta, que siempre tiene respuestas y soluciones, es lo que yo era. Se volvió como mi identidad. Pensé que tal vez si me esforzaba mucho, o sea, lo suficiente, y seguía siendo la hija perfecta, podría como que recompensar con el desorden que era mi familia, y eventualmente las cosas mejorarían, como si yo pudiera arreglar y restaurar mi familia. Because of this, I learned early on that being this perfect child that always has answers and solutions to everyone is who I was. It became like my identity. I thought maybe if I tried really hard and kept being this perfect child, I could make up for my family's brokenness and eventually things would be better, as if I could fix my family. Nope. (sighs) Digo que crecí católica, pero la verdad es que solo iba a la iglesia tal vez una vez en un buen año con mis abuelitos y para mí mis abuelitos eran perfectos y bueno pues asocié todo lo bueno que ellos trajeron a mi vida con Dios y la iglesia y así y y veía la forma en que se amaban, oraban y leían la Biblia, así que me gusta pensar que las oraciones de mis abuelitos son las que me han protegido toda la vida. I say that I grew up Catholic, but the truth is I only ever went to church maybe once on a good year with my grandparents, and to me, my grandparents were perfect, so I I associate all the good they brought into my life with God and the church because because of the way that I saw them love each other so well and prayed and read scripture. So I like to think that my grandparents' prayers are the ones that have kept me protected all my life. Avanzando desde el primer año de la universidad, sentí que yo ya lo había logrado porque me había salido finalmente de mi casa, y y yeah, había salido me de la ciudad finalmente había dejado atrás esa ciudad y todo lo malo que era parte de mi pasado y bueno yo nunca fui parte de ninguna iglesia o ministerio pero lo, por alguna razón cuando llegué a la universidad sentí la necesidad de buscar y ser parte de una iglesia así que comencé a ir de iglesia a iglesia buscando para pero nada realmente se sentía bien luego llegaron las vacaciones de invierno y pues regresé a la casa so fast forward to freshman year of college I felt I f- I feel like I had it I felt like I had it made. I had finally left my hometown and all the bad behind. And because and back home I had never really been involved in a church ministry, but for some reason when I came to college I felt this need and tug in my heart to get involved in a church or something. So I started church hopping. Um, but nothing really felt right and then came winter break and I just went back home. Y ya después de que mis hermanitos regresaron a clases, mi mamá recibió una llamada de la policía del distrito escolar diciendo day after my brothers went back to school, my mom got a call from the a district police saying that one of my brothers was in trouble and she had to come immediately. Because went because illegal, to school not mom got unless a really has to, school since police was that one drove. of me di cuenta de que una camioneta nos seguía prácticamente desde que salimos de casa y finalmente se lo señalé a mi mamá cuando estábamos llegando al estacionamiento. En el momento en que nos bajamos del carro, estábamos completamente rodeadas. Así que alguien se acercó a ella y comenzaron a pedirle nombre e identificación y obviamente no tenía nada, por lo cual de inmediato le empezaron a arrestar. Todo, eso, todo esto sucedió tan rápido que yo todavía Estaba del otro lado del carro y tan pronto cuando como me moví todos los que nos rodeaban nos apuntaron sus armas y yo siendo completamente ingenuo a lo que estaba pasando corrí hacia mi mamá y la abracé mientras le encadenaban los pies. I noticed the truck following us pretty much as soon as we left home and I finally pointed this out to my mom when we were driving into the parking lot. I parked and as soon as we were getting out of the car we we're completely surrounded. They came up to her and started asking her for name and identification, and obviously she doesn't have anything, so they immediately started arresting her. This all just happened so fast, and I was still on the other side of the car, so as soon as I moved, um, everyone that was surrounding us pointed guns at us. I was completely naive, so I ran to my mom and hugged her as they were chaining her feet. (laughs) Estaba llorando histericamente en ese momento, mientras se la llevaban, y realmente no podía pensar... Todo sucedió tan rápido que mi cabeza no lo podía procesar. Mi papá no estaba en la ciudad y mis hermanos estaban en escuela, así que yo estaba sola y recuerdo que le preguntaba a Dios, ¿qué hago ahora? O sea, ¿qué, ¿qué hago? Recuerdo que fui a la iglesia más cercana en ese momento y todas las puertas estaban cerradas. Estaba llorando y tocando en todas las puertas para intentar entrar o okay, que alguien me dejara entrar. I was crying hysterically in that parking lot as they drove off with her and I genuinely couldn't think it all happened so fast for my head to process. My dad was out of town and my brothers were in school, so I was just alone. I remember crying out to God, like, "What do I do? What do I do now?" And I remember going to the closest church I could find, and all the doors were locked. I was trying and knock. I was crying and knocking at every door, trying to get in or just to find someone to let me in, but nothing. Pero bueno, como solo que siempre tiene toda su vida en orden y siempre sabe qué hacer, pues me saqué las lágrimas y fui a recoger a mis hermanitos de la escuela. Y lo primero que me dijo fue, ¿por qué me recoges tú? ¿Dónde está mi mamá? Por primera vez no tuve respuestas. Luego fuimos a recoger a, recoger a mi otro hermano de la escuela y otra vez un sinfín de preguntas de las cuales no les tenía respuestas. But anyways, I am the one that always has it together. So I wiped my tears and got it together and went to pick up my little brother from middle school. My little brother from middle school. And the first thing he said as I was driving to pick him up was, "Why are you picking me up? Where's my mom?" for the first time I didn't have answers. And then we went to go pick up my older brother from high school and again all these questions, and you know, I always have the answers, advice and solution for them, but this time I had nothing. Y bueno, pues eso eso puso mi mundo patas arriba. En ese momento estaba listo para regresarme y hacer todo lo posible para ayudar aliviar y ayudar la situación en casa y sim- y simplemente permanecer cerca de mi familia knew that tenerme cerca facilitaría las transferencia, pero nada salió como quería. Anyway, so that kind of flipped my world upside down. At this point, I was ready to transfer out of Texas State and come back home, and do anything I could possibly do to help and alleviate the situation at home and just stay close to my family. I knew having them around would make things, having me around would make things easier for them, for my dad and my brothers. So I started the transfer process, but nothing went my way. Volví a Texas State y estaba como en mi propio mundo, evitando mi realidad tanto tiempo como, como pude. Y luego encontré Crosstalk, el grupo universitario de aquí de, de Cypress Creek Church. En ese momento me di cuenta de que Dios estaba tratando de acercarse a mí antes de que esto sucediera, porque sabía que yo iba a necesitar fuerzas para sobrepasar, para soportar, soportar todo esto. Y no había forma de que yo pudiera superar esto sola. Empecé a aprender sobre el carácter de Dios y me di cuenta que ese era mi lugar. Volví a casa ese verano y me vi obligada a lidiar con la realidad de cómo era mi vida ahora. I came back to Texas State and avoided my reality for as long as I could, and then I found Crosstalk, the college ministry of Cypress Creek. At this, at this moment, I realized that God was tugging at my heart before this happened because He knew I was going to need the strength to endure all of this, and there was no way I could overcome this alone. I started learning about God's character and realized that this was it. I went home that summer and was forced to deal with the aftermath and just the raw reality of what my life was like now. El siguiente año, decidí volver a Texas State. Y después de ese terrible verano, estaba realmente agotada. En ese tiempo, finalmente, me estaba empezando a caer el 20 de todo lo que había pasado. Y ese semestre, estaba tomando una clase de psicología. Y mi, profe- mi profesor literalmente nos dijo, no salgan a tratar de diagnosticar a las personas. Y pues basado en todo lo que aprendí, me diagnosticé a mí misma. Me autodiagnostiqué con depresión. No quería estar rodeada de gente. No quería pedir ayuda. No quería estar sola. Solo quería estar sola para lidiar con esto yo misma. En ese punto había estado buscando de Dios, pero todavía no me había rendido ante Dios. For 2019, I decided to come back to Texas State after that awful summer, and I was mentally, mentally drained. At this point, everything was finally starting to sink in, that semester, I was taking a psychology class, and my professor literally told us, you're going to learn a lot, a lot in this class. Don't go out trying to diagnose people. And I didn't, but based on everything I learned, I diagnosed myself. I self-diagnosed myself with depression. I, I just didn't want to be surrounded with people. I didn't want to ask for help, and I, didn't, I just wanted to be left alone. And so at this point, I had been seeking the Lord, but I hadn't quite surrendered to the Lord yet. Una noche recibí una llamada de que mi abuelito acababa de fallecer. Esa noche sentí que se me estaba derrumbando el mundo. Él era mi esperanza en la tierra. Caí de rodillas y literalmente le lloré a Dios con todas las fuerzas de mi corazón. y no podía, Ya no podía mantener la calma y sinceramente ya no quería. Estaba tan acostumbrada a ser el pegamento de mi familia que aprendí a ser mi propio pegamento. Cada vez que Dios me ponía un obstáculo que me hacía caer, me levantaba con mis propias fuerzas y seguía adelante. Hasta que esa noche... En que en que finalmente me quedé sin fuerzas mi One night I got a call that my grandpa had just passed away and that night I lost it I felt like my world was falling apart again He was my hope on earth and I remember I fell on my knees and I literally cried my heart out to God. And I couldn't keep it together anymore. And honestly, I didn't want to. I was so used to being my own glue and the glue of my family that I I learned to be my own glue. And every time God broke me, I glued myself back up, wiped my own tears and kept going. Until that night when I finally was out of strength and I finally gave it all to God. I surrendered and I now realize that I was never meant meant to be my family's savior. And honestly, I never wanted to be. La paz que vino después de que finalmente me rendí ante Dios es lo que me mantiene de pie ahora. Me encontró ahí mismo, en mi sufrimiento. Fui como un cálido, fue como un cálido abrazo. Me restauró, me di cuenta de que tenía dos opciones. Podía dejar que todos mis problemas me siguieran consumiendo, o podía dejárselo a Dios y rendirme ante Él. The peace that came after, after I finally surrendered, is what keeps me sane. He met me right there and then. It was like a warm hug. He restored me. I realized that I had two choices. I could let it all consume me and overwhelm me or lay it down and surrender. Sin embargo, aquí está la cosa. Solo porque me rendí no significa, me rendí ante Dios no significa que ya esto es todo y ya. Ha sido a través de la obediencia y la disciplina que he podido llegar a muchas de estas realizaciones. Ser obediente a sus planes, como ahorita, si fuera por mí, no estaría aquí compartiendo. Pero cuando oré, me di cuenta de que Esto no es para mí, es solo para su gloria. Cuando me rendí, oré para que, por favor, la tomara de mis manos, hiciera de mi vida suya. También me doy cuenta de que siempre oro, Dios, úsame para tu gloria. Y en mi mente oro esto con la intención de llevar a mi familia a llegar, a conocerlo, y de la, de la manera de que yo lo conozco ahora. Pero ahora mismo me está usando está usando mi testimonio para su gloria. Here's the thing, though. Just because I surrender doesn't mean that's it. It has been through obedience and discipline that I have been able to come to a lot of these realizations. Being obedient to his plans like this, if it were up to me, I wouldn't be up here speaking because I don't like public speaking. Um, but, uh, But when I prayed, I realized that this isn't for me. This is for his glory alone. When I surrendered, I prayed to please take it from my hands and make my life his I also realized that I always pray, God, use me for your glory. And in my mind, I pray this with the intention of leading my family to come to know him the way that I now know him. But right now, he's using my testimony for his glory. Job 36.15 says, Job 36.15 says, But those who suffer, he delivers in their suffering. He speaks to them in their affliction. Y aunque todavía estoy en medio de esto, ahora sé que no soy autosuficiente, necesito a Jesús y es gracias a su gracia que he sido restaurada y gracias a su gracia ahora puedo compartir que hay un propósito en mi sufrimiento. Elijo ser obediente y sigo eligiendo caminar con Jesús porque nunca quiero sentir que estoy encerrada, no quiero estar encerrada al final de mi vida tratando de pasar la eternidad con Dios. Y como ese día en la iglesia, y ahora sé que hay un lugar en el cielo con mis abuelitos para mí, Y bueno, pues aunque mi mi época de angustia. And although I'm still in the midst of this, I now know that I am not self-sufficient. I need Jesus, and it is because of his grace that I have been restored and because of his grace, grace I can now share that there is a purpose in my pain. I choose to be obedient and choose to keep walking with Jesus because I don't know. I don't ever want to feel like I am locked out. I don't want to be locked out at the end of my life, trying to spend eternity with him and being locked out like that day at the church. I want to be welcomed in. And I now know that there is a place in heaven with my grandparents for me. So although my life in many ways is still in shambles, he restored me. And this time, the foundation is stable. And despite anything, I can now say that he is my rest. In my season of distress, and I también quería compartir que el jueves mi mamá me habló y me dijo que ICE le vino a ella y le dijo que le quería ayudar, que le iban a ayudar a abrir un caso para que se pudiera quedar aquí en los Estados Unidos, y eso es un milagro porque he hablado con muchos abogados y cada uno de ellos me ha dicho que que no hay posibilidades. So I also wanted to share that um, on Thursday my mom called me. And she told me that eyes came to her, and they were going to try to help her open a case so she could stay here in the US. And I think that in itself is a miracle, because I've talked to multiple lawyers, and every single one of them has told me that there's no way for her to stay. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I know it's God. Thank you. Let's
0: give it up one more time for Bob and Michelle. There's a story in the Gospel of John. Jesus is going to visit his friend Mary and Martha after their brother Lazarus has just passed away. And when Jesus comes in, he is asked by Mary, who by, by Martha, who, by the way, was at the tomb later on in, in, in the Gospel of John. He says, if you would have been here earlier, Jesus, my brother would have lived. And Jesus said, your brother Lazarus will rise. And then Martha gives the right answer. I know that he will rise on the last day, meaning when Jesus comes back and we all enjoy eternity with our Lord. But then Jesus says, what we all got in with this morning and what I, do, I want to encourage us to keep as we go from this place In John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? That's my question for us this morning. We're gonna wrap up by partaking in the Lord's Supper, by taking communion. As we do I want to ask you do you believe that you in Jesus Christ because of his resurrection you have resurrection power In Romans 8 Romans 8 it says that the same spirit that the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead let's put it up on the screen Romans 8 the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. I don't know what your circumstances, I don't know what you, uh, where you need hope in your life, but I can tell you that in Jesus you have hope, and I have hope. And so as we boldly come to the Lord's table, Let's remember what that body represents, what the piece of bread represents the body of Jesus broken for us. The juice in the cup represents the blood of Christ poured out for our sins, fully covering all of our transgressions. And then let's look to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. If you need one of those little cups, just wave your hand. We have ushers. With, um, with cups coming around. And as we do so, I pray and hope that we experience the resurrection power that is available in Jesus Christ. Let us pray.